Hi my happy enders, it is another week and we did it and we're about to do it again so that's what we do, we do it and then do it again. I think that's a song but um, yeah. So same sponsors, uh, Blue Apron also has not been fixed so it is not blueapron.com slash happy endings. It's some crazy ass link which I can still get you. You still get 30% off your first box, they still go grocery shopping for you, they do all that stuff. And you cook and you take all the credit. And I really do like Blue Apron. I really wish they would get our um, code fixed. But um, hey, whatever. Uh, famous Smoke Shop. I, they are cigars and uh, humidors. And I just learned that word. So <laughs> fancy. And they have these things that snip off the tips. So they have like little circumcisors for your... Um, cigars which are really cool I just want one on my keychain so I can walk around and scare people it'll probably be better than pepper spray um famous smoke shop uh two promo codes hot 20 h-o-h-o-t two zero you get twenty dollars off your purchase of 145 dollars or more or h-o-t one zero hot ten for ten dollars off a purchase of 85 dollars or more and let's just like start a cult where we all have um uh, cigar circumcisors on our keychains and just walk around. I mean, woman power. Woo! And men, you know what? Fuck it. You do it too. Like, let's all, you can be my cult too. I don't, um, discriminate. And Handy App. Handy App is this one-stop app that does a bunch of shit for you. And, um, they might even, like, plumb for you. So, plumbing and um yeah so handy app you can get somebody to come clean your pool you can get somebody to come clean your house build simple um handy things and if you use promo code appsave30 which is appsave30 you get 30 percent off your first motherfucking booking so how cool is that uh shoe dazzle I love Shoe Dazzle. I hope, I really do hope this promo code works because fucking shoes, dude. Like, uh, you go and you take a quiz and it's between shoes and accessories and they send you, it's a subscription and you can pause the subscription. Same with Blue Apron. You can pause it, you can keep it going and you get shoes once a month to your door. And if you use promo code Happy Shoes, which is H-A-P-P-Y-S-H-O-E-S, you get $10 for your first box. So, hell yeah. And dollar days, dollar days. I mean, if you haven't been on this website seriously this website is so freaking cool this website has everything but it's in bulk so you can if you like something and you want it you can get a bunch of it and just have a shit ton of it and um it's between like shampoos conditioners like if like you can run a fucking hotel with this thing but it also has clothes seasonal items like it's really cool it's like oriental trading on crack good crack like not but then not the bad crack but um if you use promo code happy endings 20 h-a-p-p-y-e-n-d-i-n-g-s-2-0 you get 20 dollars off your purchase of 200 dollars or more or if you use happy ending ship h-a-p-p-y-e-n-d-i-n-g-s-s-h-i-p you get a uh, shipping flat shipping rate for 9.95 um we had alicia cooper on this podcast this episode it was super cool um i did kind of mix her up with another person because hey that's what i do but she was very cool about it and this episode was really fun um if you could guys like subscribe comment especially on itunes itunes is what is going to bring this podcast to what it needs to be um they run the monopoly they're the ones that fucking do it um but also sound if you guys want to just do it on soundcloud or spreaker or stitcher or youtube or anywhere else any likes any subscribes is greatly appreciated and very very helpful and also if you want to email me you can get a hold of me at joyshappyendings at gmail.com uh, so enjoy the episode i'm gonna press your cord and if you change your mind later we can not put it up okay oh shoot don't let me forget to take the picture all right i'm just making sure that we have our phones on oh yeah do that here Oh, I think I do. It's yeah, it. you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Get undressed. Get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. So on the table, I have Alicia Cooper. Boom. Look at me. Woo! Right? I'm excited. I love you. I've seen you on stage <laughs> so many times. 
<laughs> and I thank love you. your story. Oh, thank you. Like when you talk about how you were a lawyer and then, yeah, I'm going to hold the magic talking stick now. <laughs> well, no, I, I used to actually work in corporate America. Okay. As a behind the scenes, I used to direct and produce. I got into the Director's Guild working on the Dr. Phil show. I thought you were a lawyer. No, you're, you're thinking of Jackie. Are you sure? Oh, well, obviously. Are you sure you know your life story? Yeah, you're getting your brown skin, black oh chick comics mixed up. Damn it. But I knew that you were like, yeah. Yeah, I had I had a I had a good paying gig at one point, if that's right. what you're getting to. But uh, yeah, no, I just uh, I hit a wall with that because uh, you know everything takes like turns that you wouldn't expect and I didn't did not know when I got into the television arena that reality television would hit like it did and then I ended up over on reality television and it wasn't for me okay. you know? so uh, yeah that was the thing that made me say okay I do comedy at night after working a 12-hour shift let me try to just focus on comedy because my job wasn't getting a hundred percent of me and the comedy wasn't getting a hundred percent of me and I said let me you know try to see I enjoy this let me see if I can make something happen and it wasn't overnight it took years but eventually I started making some headway and was able to sustain myself with solely comedy Okay. And have you ever had a massage before? Yes, I have. I figured as much because you know where your head and your feet go. <laughs> Normally when people are like, uh, well, you haven't even seen it in a TV show? Like, really? Who was yes. backward? A couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'm putting my feet in this circle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let my yeah. toes hang out. They're <laughs> kind of like, what? How did that even make sense to you? <laughs> I yeah. I had an older lady. <laughs> she had to be in her 70s. And when I worked at the chiropractor and I came in and she was opposite. And I go, okay, hon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to turn around and I'm going to have your feet where your head are and your head where your feet are. I'll leave the room. And she's like, you don't have to, honey. And she flipped around and spit spread her legs so I saw everything <laughs> and I went home and I'm all I don't want mine to look like the back end of a rotisserie chicken and Sean's like what no why would you say that I'm all that's what it looked like <laughs> it scared me <laughs> I'm gonna go do kegels I'll be back <laughs> oh. so I take it she had had a few children she, yes <laughs> yeah Irish, Catholic, or Mormon? Uh, one of the two. Tuck that in. Tuck it. Just, what are you? It's all. Whoa. If you, there's a breeze and you're wearing a skirt, does it go? Ooh. Is she stepping on it? Yeah. <laughs> Throw it over her shoulder while she runs. Like ah. Tucks it in her bra. <laughs> But that's why they had that whole um, plastic surgery called vaggie rejuvenation. Yep. So that's probably for people like that. It ha- yeah, but I mean, when you're 70, like, what's the point? Just let it flap. <laughs> you, you've earned it. You've earned it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. See, my kids were all C-section. In fact, when I had... When I had my son and I went in for the checkup, the doctor goes, you can tell you had a C-section. It's immaculate down here. (laughs) And then, of course, me being the asshole I am, I'm like, yeah, you can eat off of it. I'm like, why did you see that? So curious to see how inimmaculate mine is now. But comparatively, uh... Just a before and after picture would be nice just to know, like, how wrecked it is. I massaged a lady once. She's my patient, and I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but I love her. And, um, in fact, her two daughters, she has two daughters, and I've named, I've used both of her daughters' names in two of my books. They're the main characters, because I love her kids. And um, she had to have hers nipped and tucked because it was too long. Mm. And she came in and she's like, okay, you have to be careful with my legs. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then she's like, yeah, I had puss-puss surgery. And I'm like, huh? Uh, and why are we calling it puss-puss? Like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to tell me that. Yeah. Like, I just would have avoided. <laughs> I don't normally touch that area anyway, so we're good. <laughs> have you had any weird experiences while getting a massage? Or have they just been therapeutic and nice? 
No, I remember when I, I grew up in Maryland in one of my earlier jobs, I was working for this lady. She had a PR firm and she did it out of her house in Silver Spring. So I would drive to her house to work. Uh, I think maybe, I'd say at least four days a week. And one of her gifts to me was a massage. But it was a husband and wife team. <laughs> now, at that point, I had never had a massage in my life. And I was early 20s. And I was so uncomfortable with this <laughs> husband and wife team. I felt like I was a part of a weird menage. Yeah. And I was so stressed out. I came out worse. <laughs> After the massage, I was more tense. I was more knotted up and balled up. After the dang old massage. Because they were moaning. I was oh, like, wait a no. minute. Wait a minute. You know, so <laughs> Did you check their lotion bottle first? <laughs> I, I was like, who's this husband-wife team? Two people massage you a moaning oh. like I was in some weird seance. And then I couldn't say anything to my boss, but thank you, because then you sound like an ingrate. Right. <laughs> but I was more stressed out than I started. See, I was, I was with you. I would have just had sex with them. I'm like, yeah, we're good. You, know, they, they, were, you wouldn't be as tense. You'd yeah. be like, ah. Yeah, they look like hippies. And, oh. you know, so I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, you're definitely in their spank bank. Yeah. <laughs> you were deposited in their spank bank. Yeah, they had been married like 40 years. And, you know, they, but I was like, oh, okay. They were probably moaning trying to get you to go. And they're like, <laughs> Moan louder. She's not into it yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're face down. They're both naked. <laughs> I kept my eyes sealed shut. <laughs> Super glue couldn't have sealed my eyes together better. That's oh. a fantastic story. Especially for your first one. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised you, you've ever got another one. When did you go back to get another That's one? That's a good question. Um, it, was a, it was a while. It was a while. And it was, it, it was one person. And it was in a massage facility. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and that, that was much better. Actually, it wasn't until I moved to L.A. And I started, you know, getting massages there because the jobs were just so stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I started regularly getting them. I lived in North Hollywood, and there was a massage place. How old were you when you moved to L.A.? I was 27. Okay, uh, so you've been here three tw- years. Okay. Yeah, I've been here a year and a half. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, the fir- I moved here twice, though. You know, I left, and I went back to the East Coast. Then I went to, well, I moved back to Maryland, where I grew up. Then I moved to New York City because I wanted to do a year of comedy there. And, woo! I mean, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't change anything. But that is a comedy town and a 24-hour town. I've never been somewhere with 3 in the morning on a Wednesday. You're standing on a platform with, like, 400 people. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, it's intense. I would thrive off of that, though, especially, except for the people. Like, I don't like people. I don't like crowds, but I would thrive off of the 3 a.m. We're doing shit. Like, yeah? Where are we going? I mean, it, and oh my gosh, it's it's a very unique place to me because you know I grew up more suburban. You get in your car, you go, uh-huh. you know. Just that, and this was before Uber and Lyft. I probably would have a better time now because I would never get on the subway. <laughs> I just Uber and Lyft everywhere. But the first night I got there, after I dropped my things off at my place, I went to you know just explore, and. It was the funniest thing because everybody was like same-sex couples. So they had like, you know, two guys. One would have his hand in the other guy's back pocket where two women would be kissing. I said, oh, New York is very gay. <laughs> I had no idea there was gay pride going on. <laughs> I just thought everybody was in the same-sex relationship. <laughs> I didn't know it was a parade happening. <laughs> so the next day I saw the news. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder. All the plays about gay people in New York. And I was like, well, no wonder everybody's kissing. I just thought that everybody was gay in New York. I didn't know it was my first night. Yeah, I wasn't even in the village. I was just <laughs> walking around. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Square. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then I saw the news and I said, oh, I'm just such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you have any other, like, good massage stories, or are they just all normal now? 
It's like there's some girl trying to get you on her podcast. <laughs> Good massage stories. Uh, not very many people have them, so when I find someone, I'm like, oh, give them to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many different kinds of massages. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I, I really, I like the one you do. You're, this is excellent. And I also like the water massages. Yes, those are good. Yeah, so um, I took my fa- my father came to visit, so I took him to one of the ones where you can get it's called a hunter's retreat, um, where it's like your body is in a car wash during uh-huh. the massage, and so I couldn't wait to hear what my father thought about it because he's an extreme <laughs> alpha male. Okay. So I said, <laughs> I said, so dad, how'd you like? He said, I've never been this clean. <laughs> 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 I was Because, <laughs> you know, they basically exfoliating your uh-huh. toes and everything. You're going to shed a layer of skin. Right. <laughs> but I was cracking up because my father always has the funniest responses to stuff. They're quick and they're succinct and they just get right to the point. Like he was so mad about the election of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. He said, if you can't see that this fool is a fool, then you're a fool. <laughs> I was crying laughing. That's a bumper sticker right there. Yeah, I was like, well, that sums up the presidency. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's my merch. Yeah, right. Get this on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and stickers and patches. Apparently those are things we need now. Hats. Hats. Just so many hats. Oh. But I can't wear hats. I have too big. My ears are too big. Oh, I just have a big head. So. <laughs> You know, Caleb, my middle son, his head is so big that when he was in the hospital, they couldn't find a beanie to put on him. So the nurse kind of gave up and just laid it on top of his head and walked out. I'm like, really? That's what we're doing right now? (laughs) Screw it. Now, what do you do to relax? Like, do you have certain things that you do? Or are you just constantly go, go, go? Um, I'm trying to be less go, go, go. So I've been listening to books on tape lately. Okay. You know, so I've been doing that. Um, you know, certain books I can just, you know, veg out and just listen to. The other one, the other thing I listen to on tape is not as relaxing because it's more educational. Like, I have the Masterclass series, the app for that. Uh-huh. And so, since I'm directing my first project next month, well, probably early April, thank you. I've been listening to all the director's master classes from oh, Ron, I love Ho- that. Yeah, Ron Howard to Spike Lee to Martin Scorsese, you know. So, I'm just listening to the master classes, but that's more, you know, you have to pay attention uh-huh. to that. But then I've been listening to books on tape. Like, whenever somebody's starting to run for the office, I go get their book on tape. Yeah. So, I'm listening to the Kamala Harris one right now. Okay. So, um, you know, so just a lot more listening than reading uh-huh. these days, really, because I don't have the time to hold a book and read it. I get it. So a lot of times when I'm listening to something on tape, I'm in the car. Uh-huh. So. Do you find yeah. that you like people's stories, or do you listen to, like, fictions as well? Um, it's a good question. I think it's a combination of both. And everything doesn't stick with me right away. Like, everybody's like, you have to get that book, something about blood and bone. That everybody was talking about, and I ordered it, and I was listening to it. And it didn't, it didn't catch, you know. Like I felt like I was forcing, not to say it's a bad book, but I was forcing myself to continue to listen. Uh-huh. So what I find that I like more now is more um, nonfiction, you know, the yeah. fire and fury of Donald Trump, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. I think things that really matter are the things that that have my attention now. But it, it might change at some point. Right. And it also goes with the narrators, too, because there's a couple times I'm like, I, you need to stop talking through your nose. Stop talking through your nose. And people probably think I'm crazy in the car because I'm yelling, like, why are you talking? Like, stop. Yeah. Just talk like a human. Yes. Yes, you're right. Fry, what are you doing? No. But I like it when the author is the narrator. I agree. Like two books, comedy books that I listened to in the last year that had me cracking up was the first book that I thought I would never hear anything funnier was Jennifer Lewis's book mm-hmm. called The Mother of Black Hollywood. Uh-huh. I laughed and she read it herself, which is great because she's theatrical. Uh-huh. So she takes you on a journey with her. You, I almost ran into a tree laughing. <laughs> so I thought I'd never find a book funnier. Right after I finished hers, I <laughs> listened to Kevin Hart's book. 
I can't make this stuff up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That book was so funny. It's about his upbringing. Mm. And it was just, and what also makes it funny is because it's a unique story to him. Nobody else has his story. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious. So those two books had me cracking up. So I like, I like good books written about comedians' life stories. Yeah. No, that, yeah, you can see that. That's interesting. I, uh, I was given a comedy book at, uh, at the comedy store the other day. And I thought it was that, and it just turned out to be uh, lessons on how to do stand-up. <laughs> and uh, do you know Lou Deck? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, he's from the, like, the beginning of the comedy store, and he was there doing the uh, documentary that they're doing right now. And he found out that I do stand-up, and he was just like, oh, I have a gift for you, and handed me a book. And then it was like, you know, the first 50 times you're on stage... And they're the scariest, and I was like, I've been on, okay, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right, you're right, and then he handed me a book that was uh, him trying to teach me how to write jokes, um, which is not insulting at all when you see a female comic and just assume she doesn't know what she's doing, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of, it's funny, I, I, like, I came to comedy through theater, and so I was already you know, writing, but it's different because you you know you're doing stand up and it's the beats are different and everything. But it's kind of funny out here. Um, just the people that read the books to learn how to do comedy or taking classes and stuff. How did you get into writing for comedy? Um, I moved out here because I saw a sitcom called Living Single mm-hmm. and fell in love with it. This was right after falling in love with the Golden Girls. So I like the show with the four-point opposition uh-huh. and all the characters. You have the, the Dorothy type that's really deadpan. Then you have the Blanche that's the sex kitten. Then you have the Rose that's the dingbat. Mm-hmm. You know, then you, <laughs> then you have the older lady who's just the one that just comes in with the zingers. Mm-hmm. You know, so then when you see that format, you're like, oh, that's really interesting. Then when I saw it with Living Single, I related to those characters and I was like I really want to create sitcoms that's what I moved out here to attempt to do had no idea what it took and then realizing that to get into a writer's room is almost virtually impossible because sometimes they tell you you have to be in the writer's guild to get the job interview but you can't get the job you know what I'm saying you can just you can in the guild so it's like this weird catch-22 and I didn't want to be a production assistant. Definitely didn't want to be a writer's assistant. That's like a court stenographer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I have to figure out another way. So I had tried stand-up and didn't know that people wrote material. I thought everybody was just getting up, talking off the top of their head because they were just so comfortable and talented. That's the way they make it look, yeah. <laughs> they make it look easy. And then I get on stage and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, I've been making people laugh since elementary school. This should be eaten up. Yeah. It is an art form that you will learn to respect. <laughs> so I had to learn how to write a joke and learn how to construct a joke. And I still didn't see comedy as something for me. Yeah. I still wanted, you know, I still had my day job and I wanted to rise in the ranks of television production. But once everything switched from, you know, sitcoms went away for a minute because reality shows took up a lot of the airspace. I didn't really want to do that. So um, after doing comedy at night, because I ended up being forced to do it, I was producing a show. And one of the other producers said that she was doing a show this Friday. It was like a Monday. Uh, on the next big thing. She was going to have two singers, two rappers, and two comedians. And she said, and I booked you as one of the two comedians. And I said, why would you book me? I don't do comedy anymore. She said, because you're the funniest person in the office. I said, well, how hard is that to be? <laughs> and I said, I have my own shows due. <laughs> I, really, I, I really don't have time. to. Well, you're booked. She would not take no for an answer. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hell. And this was a national TV show. So I said, well, let me try to figure something out. So I wrote, she said it's only three minutes. So I wrote a couple jokes. I went to the Ha Ha Cafe in, um, in uh, North Hollywood to try to practice. First place I did comedy was the Ha Ha. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it, it was a lukewarm reception, but at least I got to hear the words come out of my mouth before yeah. I put it on television. And then they had judges. And then the judges did not give me a bad critique because had they given me a bad critique, I'd have quit again. <laughs> but they gave me encouraging words, so that's when I started doing it at night. 
and working all day. Was still not planning on doing it full time. It was just a fun, creative outlet at that time. Right. So, but you know, life morphs. You don't really know what's going to happen next. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting this to go here. All right. Exactly. But let me tell you my new form of relaxation that happens, I believe, after 40. You really get too exhausted to drive. So what I do now is I just Uber and Lyft, like, (laughs) places where I would drive myself. I Uh leave my car parked at home, and I jump right into a Lyft and just let somebody drive me because it's so much better you, you're not stimulated mentally the whole time like you have to be in order to drive uh-huh. you know looking at the lines in the road and watching other cars and defensive driving you can just lay back if you want to you can close your eyes you can snore if you want to it's just <laughs> a much more relaxing way to do things is to let somebody else drive you I like that. Just, just your little, like, just give me a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, just let me close my eyes and let me just turn my brain off. Uh-huh. And that's my relaxation now, just not driving myself, just right. leaving the car parked and let somebody else do the driving uh-huh. that isn't Greyhound. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Have you ever had to ask them to, like, change the music or or stop doing something? Oh, the funniest thing happened last night. I had a, a Montreal Just for Laughs showcase at the Hollywood Improv, uh-huh. and that's when I said I'm definitely not driving myself. So I hit the Lyft app. And um, this guy picks me up, and he says, he's like an older kind of foreign guy. I don't, I don't know exactly which country. But he said, oh, you're going to a comedy club. And I said, yeah. He said, are you uh, watching somebody, or are you going to be part of the show? And I made the mistake. Oh, no. I should have said just watching somebody. That would I've, I've learned as of last night, don't be honest. <laughs> so I said, oh, I said, I actually have a showcase. Um, and he was like, oh, why does this man proceed to start telling me a series of bad jokes? Why? Why? And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I'm starting to panic. Like, I try to call <laughs> one of my friends, and then she doesn't pick up. So he's like, yeah, well, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri in in the 60s, and we told all of our jokes were ethnic jokes. I was like, oh, please don't let him do no N-word jokes in the back of this deck on left. (laughs) Did not want to have to go to the hospital today, but I'm definitely going to knock this man out while he's trying. I thought that's what he was angling for, but he proceeds to tell a series of Pollock jokes. Of course. First of all, I ain't even heard the word Pollock in a decade. I kind of remember when that was like a big, like, I remember those jokes like when I was little and they were kind of like, and you had no idea what they were talking about, but you were just like, I'm going with it. And I mean, he's like, how many Pollocks does it take to change a light bulb? And then whatever his punchline was, which I don't remember, it was so wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Thank God, like his third Pollock joke in a row, my phone rang. <laughs> I picked that phone and I talked all the way till we got to the Hollywood Improv. Cause I did not want this man to start back up. <laughs> oh Your friend's like ready to go and you're like, no, 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 no,
I mean, they spend all their day. I can't. Like, I don't know. They spend all their day in the car, you know. So they just decorate it. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Uber and Lyft, like. You don't have a boss. Like you know, it's like you, you can set your own out, turn your phone off when you don't feel like being bothered, turn it on when you do. Yeah. Like, I just think it's a great way to keep people like that need employment mm-hmm. afloat. You know. I. It's the new waitressing. Like yes, every, it's better know? than waitressing because waitresses can't. You know, just. They can, like, especially a waitress who's, a, who's an actress, can't mm-hmm. just turn it off. You can turn it off, go to an audition, and turn it back on. That's completely true. <laughs> That's so true. Now, weird transition. Have you ever had any, like, crazy injuries or any injuries that you've had to deal with? Uh, injuries. Injuries. Um, nothing, like, major. Okay. Uh, when I was little, I fell off my uh, skateboard and sprained my ankle. But um, <laughs> I can't do skateboards. My body, like, I can't dance either, though. Like, I'm that girl that's like, I think I can do it, but my body's like, no, nah, you can't. <laughs> Try it. We'll laugh at you. <laughs> All right, never mind. Well, as an adult, about maybe a month ago, I had a weird injury that came out of the blue. And I was watching TV, and the DVD stopped. And I go to get up and eject it and, you know, put something else in. And my toe gets caught in the comforter. Ah. Next thing I know, I'm airborne, flying <laughs> towards the TV and the DVD player. And it was like something from the greatest American hero. Like I, was, I was like, believe it or not, I'm walking on it. I never thought I could feel so free. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? (laughs) Believe it or not, it's just me. (laughs) And then I landed. (laughs) And next thing I know, my toe, like, swole or something. Like, I I couldn't, like, when I would put it in a shoe, I could feel it when I would step down. So I don't know what injury that is. I don't know if it was a sprain, but that thing hurt for, like, four nights. Yeah. Off just tugging it on the comforter because my big toe went to the left and my other four toes went to the right <laughs> of this comforter. And I was like, How do you get your ass whipped by a comforter? <laughs> oh, it's possible. <laughs> what were you watching? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what was that DVD? It must have been something really good that got me injured. Yeah. But y'all know it's some good movies out. I just came from the theater and saw this movie called Prodigy. Oh, it is such a good horror. Yeah. Is that the one with the little girl? The little kid. He's a little boy. Oh, little boy. Uh huh. Yeah, Prodigy. Yeah, you y'all. Oh, you. Oh, Prodigy was so good, and I'm waiting for the month of March for Jordan Peele's Us movie. Yes. So. Just I don't have time to watch movies. I no no no. I get all my information from the massage room. Yeah. So a lot of it's always wrong. I'm. John, my husband's like, what the hell are you saying? I'm all well. Between the three patients I had today, this is what I've pieced together. He's like, whoa. <laughs> well, there's a movie. You're so wrong. <laughs> and same with, like, the weather, because I see weather on an hour or 90-minute increment. So, like, I'll walk out in the office, and I'm like, oh, it's light. And then an hour later, I'm like, oh, it's raining. I'm like, oh, okay. And that happened. <laughs> like, my life's in, like, hour snapshots. It's really weird. It was an odd news, too. It was. It made me think of home for a second. Because we have a cannon that goes off at 12 every day. Why? Because we live near the sea, and apparently... I don't know. I, <laughs> it's an East Coast thing, I think. I don't know. It's... <laughs> okay. I'm not judging. I have weird things, too. I grew up in Madera. <laughs> <laughs> what was growing up in uh, Maryland like? It was pretty cool at that time. It was it was just so much fun. It was very diverse and everybody got along and you know, it was just a great, great time to grow up. You didn't have to pay for your kids' education to for them to get a decent education because the Maryland school system is good. Uh-huh. And um it was just fun times. Fun, fun times. You know, that was back when people would go to the skating rink and you know, just so many things that we did that really aren't happening today. Like, you know, when we uh, came along, that's at the beginning of 
uh, the, um, what do you call them? Because I don't even play them anymore. Those games on the television. The it was a video game. Video game. Just the beginning of that. Okay. You know, so where some kids are born already into it. Uh-huh. You know? So it was a big deal when video games came about. But by then we had all played outside for so many years and did so much physical activity and nobody, you know, pedophiles. You would hear maybe one neighborhood pedophile and you knew who he was. <laughs> so nobody went over in that direction. Don't go to Larry Larry's, okay. <laughs> exactly. What do we call him? He did have a name. Oh, I um, love that. <laughs> he did have a name. Oh, man. Oh, I'm going to have to call some of my friends and get that pedophile's yes, name. Yes, I guarantee <laughs> it was a good one. Oh, it was, uh, no, no, that wasn't it. That's what people just started calling generic pedophiles. They started calling them Chester the Molester. Uh-huh. But, no, he really had a name. I'm going to have to find out what it was. But now, if you, uh, I would, the scariest thing to do is to Google the pedophiles in your area because it's like a thousand dots all over right where you live. Everywhere. Like in your house. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, wait a minute. Nobody's here but me and dad, you know. So, um, but when we were coming up, it was like one neighborhood pedophile. Now it's like one per household. So it's just a different time. It is. But, um, you know, yeah, we could do stuff. We could, you could just go, like, you wouldn't have to come back home until the street lights came on. Yeah. There was no cell phone, so nobody knew where the hell you were. <laughs> you know, but you, you reappeared. Yeah. You know, I was I was a latchkey kid. I would be afraid to have a latchkey kid now. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, because there's predators who just observe, and they're like, oh, this kid goes in the house every day at 3 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. nobody paid us any attention. <laughs> <laughs> just like Theo Vaughn, you know. <laughs> Because they lived in a poor neighborhood, and he's like, so the registered sex offenders would have to go and be, like, knocking on the door to explain who they were. And he's like, my mom worked two jobs. So, like, I was the one answering the door. <laughs> he's like, we would play soccer with them. We just knew not to bend over. Like, <laughs> so he says something funny, because Theo Vaughn's amazing. But, yeah, just a bit was, he made friends with the pedophiles. And yeah. Yeah, it's true. It was such a different time. It is. What did your parents do? Your last key kid. My mom worked in retirement claims for the federal government, so anytime somebody was retiring, she calculated what their benefits would be and explained it to them and you know, and then she taught the classes to other people to teach retirement to the people who are retiring from the federal government. And my father uh, owns an auto body repair shop in D.C. So he got a trade on how to repair cars. And that's what he did was body work on automobiles. Although your mom, uh, as soon as you explained your mom's job, I was like, ah, math. <laughs> 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 Retirement, what's that? <laughs> yes, all these weird calculations because it depends on how long you've been in the government and you know, all this kind of stuff, how much you made, because that's going to make a difference in what you get monthly and, you know, all these different figures that go into everybody's individual retirement. Oh. Now, was your mom really adamant about you making sure that you had your retirement? Ooh-wee. I mean, she did not understand why I left my job to go do stand-up, because that's no security at all. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, that just... It didn't compute, <laughs> you know, for somebody who's worked from the time they were 18 on. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just and doesn't make any sense. And always had benefits and always had security. It just didn't make sense. But um people, yeah, yeah, retire. Like, right. Uh-huh. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mother worked full-time while she was going to Howard University. So she, um, you know, she never was without a job. Uh-huh. So, you know, just what I was doing, you know, they, they, they don't understand that being from the East Coast. But for me, it was more of do what makes you happy and the rest will follow. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny, like the little things that kind of start bringing that to light. And you're like, ah, yeah. I should probably start now. Right. <laughs> Can't start later, but I can do it now. Right, and you know how, like, your family members, they'll have one house and live in it for, like, 50 years. Uh-huh. We call it hunkering down. Uh-huh. You know, some people are hunkered down, whereas, you know, 
the newer generations they've they've had three houses by the time they're like 45 because they just i want this now i want that now i'd rather have this now you know so it's just it it is all so different that's funny because that's how john my husband his grandpa bought property he built three houses four apartments i live in one house my mother-in-law lives in one house and one of my sister-in-law lives in one house and then we have people who have lived in the apartments for like 30 years and we call it the compound and nobody leaves. Yeah, see as a Mormon that sounds very different. <laughs> the compound, no one ever leaves. <laughs> nobody ever leaves. You know Donnie and Marie? Uh, my mom actually went to university <laughs> with Donnie for a while. Oh my gosh. Wow. I was obsessed with Donnie <laughs> How'd I know? How'd I know? Because he was Mormon, we were allowed to listen to him. (laughs) And I, for my 12th birthday, my grandmother bought me airplane tickets and concert tickets to go see him in Toronto. And I was so excited. And I was the only teenager in that audience. We were the loudest. I was. And then we saw him trying to escape. the building we were at the hummingbird and he was sneaking out the back door and my grandpa almost hit him with the car (laughs) and i pushed my father into traffic to jump out of the car and run up to him and be like oh my god it's you Uh, (laughs) so excited My my dad and my grandpa were so mad that they had to go to that concert with me because they were like, we made it all the way through the 70s and the 80s without ever having to see this bastard. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> but see, at least you were young. <laughs> I was 34 and I met Lizzie Hale and verbally vomited all over her while my husband was like, oh, she's gone. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I love you. I love you. And I go, what did I say? I wrote a book and I put your band in it, but I didn't do anything against copyright, so you don't have to sue me. But if you want to sue me, that's okay, because then we'd have a date in court. And I'm like, in my 30s. (laughs) And then I go, can I hug you? And she's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And then we leave, and I looked at John, and I go, why didn't you stop me? And he's like, you, I, you were gone. You're done. Your <laughs> eyes dilated, and you were just like, blah, 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 blah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no excuse for my age on that one. Did you ever have a, like, maybe not externally to the <laughs> two of us, but, like, on the inside, you're like, oh, my God, it's you. Have you ever had that? Uh, yeah, on a smaller scale, though, I was at the Hollywood Improv coming out of the lab about five years ago when they first built it. Uh-huh. And who do I see right in front of that marquee box office kind of area? You guys aren't going to remember him, but somebody listening to this will. <laughs> Rodney Allen Rippey. He was a little black kid in all the commercials in the 70s with a little afro. Okay. He was big before Gary Coleman. Okay. He was the cutest, like a little monchichi, and he had this afro, and he was doing like Burger King commercials, and the burger was bigger than his little hams, and he was so cute. We were the same age back then. Okay. And his name was Rodney Allen Rippey. Okay. To the point where he still today looks the same. Okay. But I noticed him immediately, like the commercial just aired yesterday. <laughs> I was like, Friday out and Rippy. I went up and got my picture with him, I and I was so excited. Isn't that funny, though, like how you see some people who have affected your lives, and <laughs> other people are like, who? Huh? <laughs> because but, I listen to rock music, and that's not a lot. Not a lot of people like rock. So when I see people, I'm like, oh. They're like, no, no idea who you're talking about. Well, to me, you show me Taylor Swift, I'll walk right by her, but anybody else? Like Dean Del Rey got to do a podcast with Corey Taylor from Slip Months Don't Sour, and I'm like, can I just touch your face? Your face that talked to him? And then Dean Del Rey is like, you are weird, and I probably will never be on your podcast. Now I'm like, yeah, understandable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we make things good and awkward. Mm-hmm. 
I had that with Mark Barron when I first moved out here because I just love his writing. I didn't know he was sober. And uh, I asked someone, I asked one of the waitresses if she could get him a drink. And she's like, fine, but I'm bringing it to you. And so she brought me a shot of bullet. And I was like, this is not how the drink delivery process goes. But okay, then I get to talk to him. And I tried, I just like really awkwardly just tried to hand him a shot. And he was just <laughs> like, what is, what is, is that for me? And I was like, yeah, I know. She brought it to me to give it to you. I don't know why, but here, this is really awesome for me. I'm so sorry that this is happening to you right now. I'm really sorry, but this is awesome. And he was just like, I don't drink. And I was like, cool, me neither. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I just <laughs> had that. And he was like, what's your name? And I was like, say a different name, say a different name. I was like, Emily. Ah, shit. <laughs> but I don't think he remembers, so. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> now who are the comics that you like right now like who um right now I mean I, I still have the same old staples that I've always gravitated towards like Chris Rock you know I, okay. I really 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 enjoy his comedy I enjoy the risks he takes I enjoy how fearless he is I enjoy in a way I sort of like feel like I have um I can relate to him because he does like the same thing I like to do, which is current events. Uh huh. You know, I love talking about what's happening right now. The only problem is it has a short shelf life, but it also keeps you writing. Exactly. You know, so I like him. I like the specials Dave Chappelle put on Netflix recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dave is just so different, interesting, and unique. You know, and his the way he thinks is so outside of the box that I really enjoy him. Um, and at the comedy store working, the people that I get to work with on a regular basis that I love to watch are like Eric Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to watch Neil Brennan, Rick Ingram. He's my favorite. I have a comedy uh, crush on him. He's going to have to get a restraining order with his wife. I'm sorry, Corinne. I love you. I yeah, Ian Edwards, Owen Smith. You know, there's so many um, that I just really enjoy watching. Ian Edwards is going to be the narrator of my life. He just doesn't (laughs) know it yet. (laughs) He has the greatest voice. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want you to walk around and be like, Joy, God, stop us. Instead, fuck that bitch to that girl. Like, ah! Come on, let's keep going. Yeah, I love. I love watching you all on stage because it's 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 cool when I when we get to watch you because you're all so amazing and writing and I love I love your brain I love your brain so much. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. It's a trip because of the comedy store. You don't know who's watching. You don't know who's paying attention. Uh huh. You know, cause there's so much going on in a night. Yeah. But, um, yes, it feels good when Emily, you know, people like you come up and say, oh, I was listening and I enjoyed what I heard. That, that's, a, that's a good feeling because the people that work at the club, people don't realize they do have a say in whether you get booked back. Mm-hmm. Because bookers listen to the wait staff, the bartenders. They listen to everybody who works in that building. Because we know what we're laughing at, you know. Right, and if you get too many bad critiques, right? <laughs> like that was a waste of fifteen minutes. Oh. Like too many people say that. I can tell you one person <laughs> that was the other night, and I'm all, "What?" The? You know what though? I told one of the door guys, "I go, I might not be the best comedian, but I know for a fact I'm better than him." Oh. And he started laughing, and I walked away, and I go. Validation and then they're all showing me their shows on them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, like we're interrupting. Yeah, it was absolute. Like I don't. I'm not afraid to say who it was. Tom Arnold ate a bag of dicks on stage. That was big. And then ran the light while doing it, and I was like, "Holy shit! That wasn't even like I understand when you're on stage and it's not like sometimes an audience just doesn't get you and you're just looking for like the big laugh to end on right. but it was it was the second time I'd watched him and I was like I don't understand why Roseanne slept with you like, <laughs> yeah she's hilarious yeah I was like be, like, I, be funny <laughs> like, it was so it's bad it's nothing about like looks or anything like that like be funny and nice like that's all you have to do <laughs> it, like the whole audience was quiet and I watched at least four people at four different tables whisper, like, what the fuck is happening right now? 
And then I got the giggles. Yeah, so did. I was all. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually, they were looking at me and they're like, Joy, you have to leave. And I was all, oh my God, this hurts so bad. <laughs> Which room was he in? He's main in the main room. room. Ooh. Yeah. I, I saw I don't him. think, well, the his body was in the main room. Where his head was, I, I don't, don't know. It was in it space. Was. The first time I saw him, I walked into the main room and I went over to a table and I realized it was completely silent, but you're like in your head doing your like your work or whatever. And I looked up and I out loud to the table said, is he just playing on his phone? Because <laughs> he was trying to find a recording of himself that he had recorded listening to something and he was making comments on, but he couldn't remember what he had said in his comments. So mm -hmm. he was just going to play it for everyone but then couldn't find it on his phone, so he had to get an audience member to come up and find it for him. Yeah. And I was just like, is he, oh, and he did it for about, I don't know actually how long it was, but it felt like five minutes where he just stood there looking at his phone. He got so much money in that divorce settlement from Roseanne <laughs> that he could just play on the phone on stage. That's true. Know. You know? Sorry, we're talking shit, but yeah. it just, it was deserved. I wasn't uh, gonna say the name. Oh, I don't care. Tom Arnold, it was really bad. Yeah, but this is like, <laughs> my name's on the podcast. I, I said, I did it. Joy does not endorse these statements. <laughs> Look, retweets are not endorsements. In fact, I'm the one who laughed at you. I was the only one laughing. <laughs> so you heard those chuckles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were mean. Um, okay, so how do you feel? I feel amazing. Yay. And is there anything you want to promote, talk about? My birthday is Saturday, March 2nd. I don't know when this is going to air, so I'm going to Vegas that weekend to have a really good time. Ooh. Um, and promote. No, I, I, I don't really have anything to promote right now. I just got back from Tahoe, so that's over. <laughs> and uh, let me see. And, and I left my calendar open because I'm doing more auditions lately. Okay. And I'm just uh, preparing to direct my first short film that I wrote called Trade. So look out for it. That is awesome. And you're also in the new Star Wars. Oh, Spider Man! Yeah, it was a voice, a voice in the Spider Man that won an Oscar the other night. Oh, very cool! I oh. want to see that one. It looked cute. Oh, the animation is otherworldly. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So, yeah, the executive producer, Peter Ramsey, one of the many executive producers, he was so cool and so nice, and it was a great experience. It was my first time going into a voiceover booth and learning what it took. Okay. That's a job. That is awesome, though. <laughs> the only good thing is it doesn't matter your hair, your makeup, none of that has. You can go in pajamas. But um, other than that, it's 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 a job. You gotta you gotta talk from the diaphragm. Right. <laughs> All the different inflections. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, ladies. This was fun. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm gonna stop that. All right, that was the episode with Alicia Cooper. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, like I said, please like, subscribe, click, comment, anything like that is going to super, super help this. And it only takes a second to do, and I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great week.